Amen, amen. Well, you guys may be seated. If you don't know me, my name is Daniel Cavazos. I have the, the privilege tonight to be here to share the word. Uh, if my face is familiar to you, it's probably because you see me running around from one room to the other. I'm, a, I'm privileged to be a part of the AV team, and from time to time I get the opportunity to speak. So tonight, I'm really excited. I also want to say congratulations to all of the parents who dedicated your children. Uh, my wife and I have three kids. Go ahead, give it up. My wife and I have three children, uh, ages uh, six, four, and three, and we've seen God's hand on them. It's one of the best things you can do as a parent is to recognize that you are simply stewards, and their true father, their true heavenly father is in heaven. Amen, somebody? So it's, it's so great to see that, so great to be a part of this service. Uh, but let's go to the word Jonah, uh, the book of Jonah. If you got your Bible, uh, if you don't, we have it up here in the screen, Jonah chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 1. The Bible says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For the wickedness has come to me, up before me. But Jonah arose to flee from Tarsus, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarsus, from the presence of the Lord. Now, Jonah was a prophet of God. In these times in the Old Testament, uh, this is the way God communicated to his people. In these times, uh, people didn't have the spirit of God inside of their, in, inside of their hearts. And so, so God would choose and he would anoint specific people in specific times. And by, through the prophet, he would then communicate. He would then uh, give a message and give direction to people. And so this is, this is the time of, uh, of, of the prophets and of the priests. But today, uh, we have the spirit of God inside of us because of Jesus because Jesus died for us, because Jesus rose again for us, he permitted us to have access to the Heavenly Father. And so now you and I, if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, we have access to God. We have access to God's voice. The Bible says that we are his sheep, and his sheep know his voice. So the New Testament prophet, because uh, God is still speaking today, how many of you guys can say amen? So the New Testament prophet, what, what that person does really is confirms uh, the message, confirms the direction that God is already speaking to the individual. And so, so in this time, though, it is different. Jesus hadn't died. So, so God is really counting on Jonah to give this message to this people. And so what, what happens is Jonah flees from the presence of God, and if you have no context of this story, you're kind of lost. Like, what is going on? God is speaking to somebody, and immediately he leaves, and, and, he, and he goes into the opposite direction, but you probably wouldn't know that unless you remember Sunday school. You probably wouldn't understand what's actually happening unless you know the context, and the context of this is that Jonah knows the reason God is telling him to do that is because God is compassionate. God is going to give Nineveh a chance to repent. Now, Jonah's from Israel, and, 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 and in this time, Nineveh wasn't so nice to Israel. So, so Jonah's like, no, forget that, God. I think they need some punishment. I think they need judgment, not compassion. And so he literally goes to the other side. And uh, in, in studying this, you're going to find out that, that Tarsus is actually 2,500 miles 
from the destination that Jonah is asked to go to. I mean, he, he, he hops, the, the story continues, he gets on this ship in Joppa, and, and, and he starts to go off in the sea, and in the journey somewhere, there's this huge storm that comes to, to the sea. And the Bible says that the storm is so uh, vicious, it is, so, it is so great that, that the, the boat is actually about to fall apart. There's some people on the boat, have no idea what's going on, but they are completely terrified. Jonah is terrified. He's in the middle of a storm. And I believe that many of us tonight are, are in a storm. I believe that a lot of us might be, you know, just coming out of a storm. Uh, a lot of us are in a storm. But regardless if you're in a storm or not, how many of you guys know that storms will come? I mean, the storm makes no exception of people. When I say storm, what I mean by storm is I mean the struggle. I mean the fire. I mean, I mean things that are attacking uh, your boat, if you will. They are attacking you. Uh, I've been married now. Uh, we're about to celebrate eight years in a couple days to my beautiful wife, Anna. And uh, within these eight years, we have gone through our fair share of storms. Some of these storms, we had no control over. We had, you know, really no idea what was coming to us. And other storms, we did. You know, we had complete control over it. When I think about some of the biggest storms, uh, about four years ago, our second child, our son Judah, was born with four heart defects. Had no idea, you know, we just go in to, to find out the gender, and, and we get this news, and we're like, okay, you know, let's bring it to God. We're believing God, and, 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 and by the time the due date comes, we actually find out that it's worse than what the doctors thought. And so we're in this dilemma, right? We're like, okay, um, what are we going to do? Well, of course, we, we believe God, and we, we, we practically lived at Helen DeVos for a whole year. I mean, back and forth, some of the nights we stayed there. Uh, my son had nine surgeries before the age of one, most of them being open-heart bypass surgeries. And so we had no control over that. But other, other storms and other times in our lives, I mean, I can relate with Jonah, and I have hopped on some boats that I had no business being on. And the reason the storm was there is because Jonah was on a boat that he shouldn't have been on in the first place. And so what do we do? What do we do when we're caught in the middle of the storm? What do we do when, when there's some things that are attacking your marriage? Uh, there are some things that are attacking your finances. There are some things that are attacking your faith in God. I think that with reading and studying the story of Jonah, we can find out what to do. Because here's the thing. There are some people who go through the storm and really never make it too far out from the storm. But there are some other people who go through the storm and they come out of that storm stronger. They come out of that storm wiser. They come out of that storm more ready than ever before to impact this world for the kingdom of God. Now, now why is that? I certainly don't have all the answers of, of, of why the storm comes and why this or why that. But one thing I do know is what we do in the middle of the storm has so much, so much to do with what's going to happen to us after that. And so Jonah chapter 1, verse 10, if, if, we, just, if we just keep coming a, a little bit more, if we just continue to read, it says, the men were exceedingly afraid. They were terrified and said to him, why have you done this? 
For the men knew that the reason they're in the storm is because Jonah is fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do that this sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Now listen, listen here. I think if, if you don't really pay attention, you can miss this because Jonah does something so spiritual here. You know, he's in the storm. The people find out why they're in the storm. And Jonah fesses up. They find out why that, that it is Jonah's fault. And he does something so spiritual. It's not amazing. It's not spectacular. It's not even miraculous. But it is very, very much spiritual. And he says, throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. You know what Jonah does? Jonah humbles himself. Jonah humbles himself. I want to tell you tonight that if you're in the middle of a storm or if you're about, you can kind of feel the wind is starting to change and you feel this storm coming to you, that the thing that you have to do is humble yourself. You know, it, it might be evident like Jonah uh, that there's pride there. Uh, the reason he's in the storm is because he's running from God. And he's running from God. He has the wrong attitude from God. He's, he's thinking, God, I don't think this is the right thing for me to do. So he is, he is completely uh, not under God's will, but he's only under what he thinks should happen. So it's evident there's pride there. But I'd like to suggest to you that even when it's not your fault and you're going through a storm that you have no control over, that pride can still sneak in within the storm. When we go through storms and we have no control over them, uh, we have this natural tendency to lean on entitlement. If we're not careful and we don't humble ourselves, even inside the storm, we can get prideful and, and start to question God from a place of anger. God, why are you allowing me to go through this? God, haven't you seen my faithfulness? God, haven't you seen that I haven't missed church God, I'm giving, I'm tithing, I'm doing all of these things for you. Why is it that I'm going through this? And even when the thing that you're going through might be out of your control, it is powerful when you humble yourself. Look at what it says in Matthew 23, 12. It says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. How many of you guys know that the storm only goes so high? You ever been on a plane and, and there's a storm and you're like kind of freaking out like, all right, I hope the pilot's seeing what I'm seeing because I'm not trying to get up in the air in this. There's rain, there's wind, this is kind of crazy. Uh, but, but as soon as the plane takes off and the plane reaches a specific altitude, you can literally look down at the clouds and up where you are in that plane, it is sunshine, it is nice, it is calm, no turbulence. I believe that it's humility that exalts you over your storm, whether it's your fault or not. It's humility that's going to take you from, it's going to elevate you from here to there. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen, please? Amen. All right. I just want to know that you're tracking with me. So, so it's, 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 it's humility that's going to take you there. Uh, if you continue to read in the story, it says, they picked up Jonah now, now, these guys must have been desperate. 
You know, well, well, first of all, they didn't really know Jonah, but they, Jonah's like, pick me up, toss me in the sea. If I'm these guys, I'm thinking, hey, man, you're crazy. Let's try to figure out this another way. Let's try to just, you know, weather the storm. But they were desperate. Like the Bible says that the boat was about to break. So look what they do. They pick up Jonah. They throw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered his sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prayed a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I think this is where, where the, the, the story gets really interesting to me. Because if you're like me, you're studying the story, you're thinking, all right, they hit the storm. Jonah does what he needs to do. He humbles himself. He's like, all right, I, I, I realize that it, the storm is here because of me. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to take ownership. And so they toss him out into the sea, and a fish swallows him. It's like, if you're not careful, you, you, you're thinking, man, can it get any worse? Like, I don't think that the, inside the fish is a very pleasant place to be. It, it's probably stinky. It's probably dark. It's probably uncomfortable. And if, if there's, I believe that it's humility that brought Jonah into the fish. Because here, here's what humility does. Humility changes your perspective and it says, listen, if it wasn't for the fish, I would be drowning in the middle of the sea right now. The, sea, the, the fish literally saved Jonah's life. You know, you, you would think that, 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 that Jonah should probably go back on the boat, but really the boat is the thing that brought the storm in the first place. And so it really isn't the answer to go from, from the sea back into the boat. And I believe that's where a lot of us are when it comes to the storm. That's why the title of this message is Don't Miss the Fish. Don't miss the fish because you're in the middle of the storm and you, you, you take a little bit of responsibility and you start to, to head the right way and, and, and you see like a little bit of a change in the atmosphere and in your environment and you get tossed into the water and then you're like, all right, reel me back in. Let's get back in the boat. Let's get back to business. But, but God is saying, hold on a second. There's still a place that you need to be before you go back to what I called you to do. There's still a fish there's still a place where, where I have to do a little bit more inside of your heart before you go back to the calling or back into the place where it's calm and there's no storm. So don't miss the fish. Jonah gets, Jonah gets swallowed by the fish that is prepared by God. The fish is this. The fish is a place where the Holy Spirit can go deeper than just what's on the surface. It is a place where God can get a hold of you. Listen to Jonah's prayer when he's inside of the fish. He says, it says, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Do you know that even in the, in, in the hardest places, God can still hear you? Did you know that even in the stinkiest places in your life, God can still hear you? There's no belly of the fish. There's no storm. There's no problem that can separate you from God's love and God's ear to your cry. And so he's crying out to God and the Bible says, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried and you heard my voice. He says, you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. 
The water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. I mean, you can kind of hear Jonah's heart in here. It continues to say, it says, the weeds uh, uh, surrounded were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. This is a place that humility takes you. It is a place where it's just you and God. You know, Jonah, I, I, love, that. I love that it says that the seeds were, were just all over his head. It's like a place where you don't even care how you look. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like you, you, you don't care that your makeup is running down your face. All you care is that the Holy Spirit is doing something with you. I mean, you got to like cover your face because you're crying and it don't look so pretty. It's like an ugly cry. But you're crying out to God. You don't really care that, that, that people might kind of look at you funny. You don't really care that people might think that you're kind of funny because you're in a storm and they might not understand what that storm is and what that's doing for you. So humility will take you to a place where, where it's just you and God. You don't care how you look. You don't care how you, how you feel. You don't care that, that the people who are around you are looking at you kind, kind of funny. It's just this is what I have to do. It is in the belly of the fish. You know, this is a place that might not be so comfortable. It's not a place that, that, you know, Jonah was used to walking just like you and I on dry land, but he is here in a place where it's a little unfamiliar. And for some of us, that might be the case. But I believe God is telling you tonight to take a step towards God, to take a step towards the deeper things of God. If you really want to see God move in your life, if you really want to see your life go from here to here, it's not so much about changing the environment and the people and the situation around you. It has all to do with changing what's inside of here. It has all to do with you coming to a place where you are fully surrendered and fully committed to God. The fish is a place where I think that every single one of us has either gone through or should go through to be able to get through the storm. I believe that there's place, there's a place of brokenness in the fish. I believe there is a place of vulnerability. I believe there's a place where you are intimate with God and you are just true to yourself and you are just naked before God and you're saying, God, I don't understand but I know that you're good. I don't understand why or how or for how long, but I know that what I need is a word from you, that what I need is a touch from you, that what I need is for your presence to be with me. You know, for, for, in order for us to be healed from our brokenness, we first have to bring our brokenness to God. In order for us to be strengthened by God, we first have to bring our weaknesses to God. And so this place requires that, but it, it, it's, not a, it's not a place that, that God intends for us to be forever. In Jonah's case, it was three days and three nights. For us, it might be that short or maybe shorter. For other people, it might be longer than that. But the point is this, that in this place, God can get a hold of you. God can do something in your life that nobody else can do. 
It is a place where you are completely surrendered to God. Listen to what happens because of this place. Jonah's, Jonah runs from God. He gets in a storm. He takes responsibility. He gets swallowed by a fish. And in this time, he's crying out to God. He's crying out to the Holy Spirit. In Jonah 2, 8 and verse 9, it says, Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Listen to what this place does eventually. When you are broken before God and you allow God to touch you, what happens is God comes in with his presence and he comes with all his power. He comes with all his glory and he doesn't allow you to just stay there, but he lifts you up. The Bible says that he will heal the brokenhearted. The Bible says that he is not, his, his arm is not too short that he cannot heal you and reach for you. The Bible says that, that before the foundations of the earth that he was thinking about you and he loves you. And the Bible says that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It's a place that will take you from why is this happening to me to it's not about me. It's not just about me. There's something bigger that's happening here. You know, it's, it's so awesome. Uh, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he actually referenced Jonah. And he said the way Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the depths of the earth for three days and three nights. And it was a prophetic, uh, it was a prophecy that was coming into play. It was, it was happening with Jesus Christ. And Jesus, what he was doing is he was talking about the, his purpose. He was talking about his will. He was talking about the reason the Father sent him to earth was for him to go into the depths of the earth, which is representing Jesus dying and being raised from the dead with power. But you know what's so awesome is I believe that Jesus went to a spiritual fish before he went to the depths of the earth. It's my personal belief. He went to the garden. And it was in, his, in the garden where he was having his own storm. He was having inner conflict. He was battling with what he needed to do. Just like Jonah, Jonah was asked to do something. But he took the long way. He ran from God. The storm came. And eventually, he humbled himself. Jesus didn't run from God. Jesus did everything that the Father asked him to do. But yet, he still had conflict. Yet, he still was in a storm. And it was in the garden that we see Jesus broken inside. That Jesus opened up his heart. He says, Father, if there's any other way, show me that way. I'd rather do that. Because he knew what he had to do. He said, nonetheless, let thy will be done and not mine. I believe that this is what Jonah was feeling when he was in the belly of the fish. I believe that this is what God is speaking to us tonight, church. That in the moment of trial, in the moment of the fire, in the moment of the storm, that we can do like Jonah in the belly of the fish, that we can do it like Jesus in the garden and say, listen, it's not just about me. 
It's not just about what I want and my desires, but God, I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my my will to you. I lay it down. And there might be some brokenness, but God is going to take that and do something with it. You know, God is just a master with taking what's weak and making it strong. He's a master with taking something that's broken and actually creating it, forming it back together stronger than when it was before. I look back in my life, some of the storms we've gone through, and I can see that God is so faithful. He's been so faithful. But I haven't been able to see it as clearly until I surrender myself, until I come to a place where I'm just so committed to receiving a touch from God, to receiving what God has for me. Jonah went from God, I think you need to bring judgment to that city to saying salvation is of the Lord. I mean, that's a complete turnaround. He went from running from God to seeking God with all of his heart, and he did it in this place. Jonah went from being upset and being in fear to saying, here I am, God. What can you do with me? How did he do that? He spent some time in the fish. He spent some time in the fish. I want to ask that you would just rise to your feet in this place. I wanted to finish early on purpose. I really feel like that God is in this place. And if you would dare to just give God your heart and your time, I believe that he can grab a hold of your life and do something so amazing in you. If you continue to read the story, the Bible says that the fish vomited Jonah out on dry land. And for some of you, that might be kind of gross, but really what happened is that Jonah was catapulted from the inside of the fish back into dry land doing what God called him to do. I want to tell you tonight that when you get into this place of intimacy with God, that you will be catapulted into the destiny that God has for you. That you will be launched into the ministry, into the love, into the grace that God has for you and for your life. The purpose, the destiny for your life. How many of you guys are with me tonight? You may be going through a storm in your life. It may be out of your control. You might not understand. You may be going through a storm in your life that you know that the reason you're going through this storm is because of the decisions that you've made. The decisions you've made have brought you to this place. Whatever the reason is, I believe God is calling us to humble ourselves tonight, to look to God in the middle of the storm, to open up our hearts and to allow the Holy Spirit to do something in you. Now, in just a moment, what I want to do is I want to invite whoever wants to come up to this altar and to just seek God and just to pray and just to receive a fresh touch of God. There's going to be some pastors and some prayer partners that are going to be up here that if you like and you need prayer, that they'll pray for you. But before I do that, I want to give an invitation to maybe some of you that are here tonight and you're saying, man, I just came to to support my family. I just wanted to see my niece get dedicated. I don't really care what this guy's talking about. But I believe that you're not here just by coincidence. 
I want to give you an opportunity if you're in this place and you say, you know, I don't really know the God that you're talking about. I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. I've never come to a place where I committed my life to God and I surrendered completely and said, Jesus, you are my Lord. I want to ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes just out of respect. And if that's you tonight, if you say, listen, I, I've never done that, but tonight God is speaking to me and I want to make that commitment. Would you just please write, raise your hand as high as you can so I can just acknowledge you if that's you. If you say, yes, pray for me. Pray for me. I want to receive Jesus. God bless you. Anybody else that says, pray for me. God bless you, man. You may be going through a storm. You may not be going through a storm. I want to tell you this is the most important thing you can do is to surrender your life to Jesus. Is there anybody else that says, pray for me? God bless you, man. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray all together. We're going to do what Jonah did. We're going to cry out to God. And no matter your situation, God can hear you right there where you are. He can hear your heart. Let's pray. Let's say, oh God, I come to you just as I am. And I give you my heart. I give you my pain. I give you my weaknesses. I give you my failures. And I give you my strengths. I give it all to you. I recognize that I need you. That I'm a sinner. And I need to be forgiven. I ask that you wash away my sins. And that you come into my heart. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. And from this day forward, I will live for you in Jesus' name. God bless you.